Like Voltron. Basically, it means we're coming together. Okay. Because the lines would come Thanks. together into a big, <laughs> into a big robot. Next and, time and, someone and says that, together. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe you can use it. Like we could do this like Voltron and see how, see how it goes with your fellow yeah. dancers. <laughs> Some of them I know would get it. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by Finest Kind Tea. It's your solution for instantly making iced tea, sparkling soda, or creative cocktails at your home. You can do this in a tuxedo or in your pajamas. Check out their revamped website and their new flavors like green tea, hibiscus honey, oolong tea, ginger root, and a bunch of others. Handcrafted in the lovely state of Maine, Beautiful flavors, outstanding products, and really awesome people. Their website is finestkindtea.com. Check them out. Learn all about the company and their motto and non-GMO products and just their history. They're really good stuff. And you can follow them on Twitter, at finestkindtea. As I said, guys, I'm not going to promote anything that I don't personally endorse or enjoy. And these are, uh, these are kick-ass mixers and modifiers. What have I been up to lately? Um, well, uh, since I last posted, I did the uh, Shakespeare Festival in New York City. Uh, I was a part of, um, it's a week-long festival, and they do, there's uh, a lot of monologues, a lot of sonnets, and it culminates in a mini-production of a particular play, and this year was King Lear. Put the question back onto me, kind of strange because I didn't normally people don't ask me any questions Uh, and I thought about it and I wanted to be honest and I said I I think I am Uh, you know my it's strange you know my in terms of my career I I, I don't I definitely see things differently now you know my I think my ambition has waned I I, I do projects that I want to do now but in terms of my own happiness, I, I think I find happiness in other things now. Whereas, maybe not necessarily as recent as a year, but definitely in the past, it was always career. I mean, that's why I moved to New York. And I find fulfillment in other things now. I don't know. I just probably to the detriment of my career. I mean, I don't know. But if you're miserable, then what's the point? You know, I find happiness. Like, for instance, this... Let's take yoga, for instance. I mean, yoga was something that I absolutely hated. I appalled. I used to make fun of people that did yoga, especially guys. And then slowly, I think in the past, you know, even it took me like a year or so to like, I was always curious about it. I always like, hey, you know, what's, you know, what's it like in there? You know, I would go online and like, I, 
I just was so apprehensive, and I I think because I didn't know, but I I was curious enough to know to to I was curious in the sense of like I, I knew what the benefits were, you know, because I I, I you know I had already started practicing jujitsu. I was practicing meditation, and it was just that final element that I was just like, you know what? I bet it would be a nice payoff, but I would su- I'm gonna suck at it, and I'm gonna look stupid. Well, and then I took the plunge, and uh, look, I, I don't want to be one of those guys that just like go on and on about like, oh my god, I do yoga, it's so awesome. That's just for me, but I will say, but my point in this is that I was I was drawn by the reward, but I was apprehensive about the work. So in those situations, I think you do have to check in with yourself and say, hey, the, the risk is worth it. And the worst case scenario is that I don't like it or it sucks or it's painful or, you know, it's just not for me. Well, then you, then you know and then you can move on. I mean, for me and, and people who practice hot yoga will, will know this. Uh, and it was a light bulb that came on for me that it's tough. It's grueling. But I don't do it for to you know to get good. I do it because there's a, it's a it's really cathartic, and uh, I'm not really concerned about how I look anymore. I mean I'm not I'm not even that flexible. I I don't feel like I'm. I mean there's some days where I feel like I'm not making any progress, but I I kind of shelve that because that doesn't really matter to me. It's not really about you know just being better, and I've learn to let that go which is strange because i think by nature i am kind of competitive with myself so in that sense i I think i am happier and i I think that's one of the elements why you know and i would encourage anybody whether it's it doesn't have to be yoga it can be can be anything just try something new if you feel like the reward is there you know, obviously, I, I have no interest in bungee jumping or, or anything or anything like that. So I don't give two shits about that. And I'm not going to try that. But in your heart, you know, there are things out there that you want to do, but you're a little apprehensive about doing it. I encourage you to take the risk and go ahead and do it, whatever it may be, whether it's learning a new language or a cooking class or, uh, you know, asking the girl out that you see at the cafe from time to time again what's the worst that's going to happen you look like an idiot you know we we look like an idiot most days at least i do but think of the reward and think of the reward for yourself not trying to impress anybody else but yourself my guest today is tansy tandora who is a burlesque dancer yeah, 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 I'm sorry. Sorry. Let's try that again. My guest today is Tansy Tandora, who is a beautiful human being. And she is also a burlesque dancer. She's sweet, kind, funny, hilarious, and really down to earth. I love this conversation. And hey, Tansy and I are neighbors, as you'll find out in this conversation. Uh, sweet, lovely, and if you had any apprehension or just didn't really know the difference between burlesque or, or any other kind of you know uh, entertainment of that kind. 
check, you know, stick around. You, you, you're going to learn a lot about burlesque. I, I actually was exposed to it before I spoke to her, and, it, and this conversation opened my eyes even more. Um, I'll stop rambling. Without further ado, the lovely and amazing Tansy Tandora. A candy-colored clown they call the Sandman Tiptoes to my room every night Just to sprinkle stardust and to whisper Go to sleep, everything is alright Just from a, a performer I background, you know, there's always echoing So, um, but I've never actively tried, tried to, and it's, it's been so incredible. I mean, I haven't quite even, I think, begun to tap into it, truly, because it's just a constant, I'm constantly like, let go, <laughs> thinking, <laughs> you know, but just, it's for me to be able to shut this brain off is, is an absolute challenge. My, uh, the way I describe it and the way I, I kind of angle it to people who have difficulty kind of getting into it is, mm-hmm. you know, you, you go to the gym to do, a, you know, certain exercises, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm going to, you know, hit the, the barbells or I'm going to mm-hmm. do some squats or things like that. And that's what you concentrate on. You don't go to the gym to say, well, I'm going to look like the rock. <laughs> you know, not at least not today, yeah. right? You're going to concentrate on those specific mm-hmm. exercises. So that's that's how you should really approach meditation in the sense that um, for X amount of time, whether mm-hmm. it's 20 minutes or an hour or whatever, I'm going to focus on this. And primarily it's, you know, turning off the outside world and breathe, concentrating on your breathing. Yeah. And I feel like the if you let go of the other things and concentrate on that, and that will the other benefits will come. Mm-hmm. You, know, you will look like the rock. <laughs> um, That's great. But yeah, so uh, I, I just, you know, I, I, so this current dynamic I feel like is interesting because I, you know, I, I don't know, I mean, we don't know a whole lot about each other and I think that's, that's it's great and hopefully this is going to be magical or, <laughs> or you're going to reach over and strangle me, uh, which usually is what happens. Um, but you, I, you're you're a, an actor as well as a dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you get in, into that? Uh, well, I've been performing. I probably did my first play. <laughs> well, I played the Virgin Mary in the Nativity when I was five, and I that's it was the first time I was in front of people, an audience, and I soon got into dance class that same year and my mother loved to tell this story which you know I was so scared I didn't want to go I didn't want to go on stage total stage fright and and I went and we did the routine and I ran off and jumped into her arms and I said I love being on stage and she said from that moment on she had like created a monster because I really couldn't get enough so she enrolled me in community theater and was actively, you know, I was in chorus in school and then as soon as in high school when there was a drama program, did that, became president of thespians, you know, <laughs> all that stuff. And then went to school, I went to Florida State and... I just had a guest on that was oh, Florida yeah? State, yeah. And she, um, the alma mater of... Burt Reynolds. Yeah, it yeah. sure is. 
Uh, yeah, he would come and do some master classes and stuff. I wasn't around for that, but I have friends that did it. And are you from Florida? I'm from Florida. Yeah, from um, like outside of Tampa area. Like born okay. in Tallahassee, which is where Florida State is, and then raised in Central Florida, and then went back there to go to school. And then the moment I graduated, I came to New York. Wow, and. Yeah. And, and and your 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 mother was basically like just kind of tossing you into these these uh, these artistic. Well, events. I think more. I it was more like I was begging her, <laughs> and she and she my my sister and my brother played sports and they tried that because they wanted me to be well rounded. So they put me on the swim team, which I hated. I begged them to play soccer because they both played soccer, and but they told me I'd be scared at the ball. Which is probably very true, but I, <laughs> I thought I could be good. Uh, what what sibling order are you? I'm middle. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and that's so different from my brother and sister. My sister is very. She's got, she's. I always like to say she got the brains. I got the common sense. <laughs> very, very, she's very, so very smart. Very common, or, smart. Very common yeah. remark from a from the middle child. Yeah, <laughs> and then my brother, he's you know, was a terror as a child, but is now this awesome nature boy, lives in Portland, and has a cute girlfriend of eight years or something, so. But the, the middle child is the more observant and doesn't really want to rock the boat. Is that, was that Yeah, that absolutely. I haven't heard that, but that's exactly what I was. I was not the fighter. I was definitely, um, I stayed out of their battles as much as I could and got picked on the most for sure because <laughs> my sister was bigger and meaner and my brother was smaller and meaner <laughs> uh, a lot of love you know but we at were... least I have the theater <laughs> uh, it was fun I was kind of I felt kind of shy I was definitely very very shy in school not in not in home home life but in school very shy and that was a way for me to kind of release me, just like let go and be this different person, be someone that had a lot of confidence or could do anything because you're playing someone else. Right, right. So. See, I actually, I was the opposite. Yeah. I, uh, I was really shy at home and then, yeah. uh, and then in other, other um, situations, I felt like when people didn't know me mm-hmm. and I could just reinvent myself oh, on sure. the spot mm-hmm. and just like put on these different masks. Um, I went through phases when I was a kid where I didn't like my voice. I still don't like my voice, <laughs> but I would actually. This have... must be a good like. Yes. This is the this is success though because you <laughs> created something that's all about your voice. I uh, I would change up my voice as a kid, uh-huh. and uh, I, you know people thought I was weird, and I probably was weird, but yeah, depending. Yeah, depending if I thought that people didn't know me or people right. meeting me the first time, mm-hmm. I would switch up my voice. Mm-hmm. Just like really stupid things like that because I was just, I guess because I was insecure. And uh, yeah, like yourself, I I, uh, I like ran to to perform me. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, I, I told the story before uh, on another show, but um, I remember being on a, at, a, at the park and there was this the travel. Did you ever experience this in Florida that you have like these traveling theater groups where you have adults but you also have children too? 
like come through the town or they either come through the town mm -hmm. or they maybe they'll, they'll visit your school mm -hmm. so we had we had that and they're basically like these hippies and <laughs> so they were they were they were going to the, the park and saying like where there's going to be a performance and there was there was like a little uh ragtag stage within the park um that was barely used and said where they were going to have a performance so i kind of through caution the wind and said like oh I'd, if you're gonna be on a have a play I'd love to do it yeah I didn't think I'd have I just wanted to say that I don't think I'd, I wasn't <laughs> expecting a reaction I was probably like eight mm -hmm. at the time they were like okay sure you we have some lines for you so I just felt like I hit the big time and they were minimal lines and it was I mean it wasn't like uh, you know Eugene O'Neill or anything like that the play was about maybe 20 minutes I was like a, a force imp and I had like, well, welcome to the forest or something, it's something like, something minimal. So at the end, uh, you know, everybody was clapping, it was like, great. And then uh, they invited me to be part of their theater group. Oh my gosh. But they were traveling. They would yeah. travel throughout like the, like the East Coast and the country wow. and things like that. And it was just so overwhelming to me. And uh, of course my parents were like, are you nuts? You can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Just the gypsies. Yeah. yeah. So like, but yeah, I mean, they could have been a cult, but they were they were super nice. Um, but yeah, that's the, so that was kind of like that put mm -hmm. me on the track for me in terms of you know it's kind of like almost like a drug where you get that little taste and you're like right. oh, you're I really like this. So what was your next step from there? Did you try to get involved in something local or? Well, I started doing plays as a kid, you know, in elementary school, mm -hmm. um, but uh, you know my. My parents just felt like it was just a, 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 a just a, a distraction. Mm -hmm. Like you know, why why would you don't? It's almost intolerable for them in the sense of like you're wasting your time. Right. You should sure. be studying, even though you don't have anything to study. <laughs> just like read the encyclopedia. So I was actually hand, uh, handicapped, and like we, I could only do shows that took place during the day or or sometimes at night, and mm -hmm. I couldn't really do the the more like the ones on the weekends and things mm -hmm. like that because I just that required like parents or like transportation things like that um, and I, I I just it was just understood for me yeah but I got I was involved as much as I could with those mm -hmm. types of plays um, yeah and I I mean it was it was I actually didn't even know what acting was I just felt like it was something that was it was exhilarating mm -hmm. um, the same way. Uh, kids primarily boys get get that sensation through sports mm -hmm. i was getting that through through theater right it's amazing I'm not, <laughs> it's amazing i'm not gay but <laughs> i mean that's how i was feeling like i love the theater <laughs> but you're but you're both your parents were were uh, supportive or was it primarily your mother uh yeah they actually were incredibly supportive through um through all they they were stood behind me always they came to every every show you know would bring food to the cast they were always showing up and I remember I was doing um, sweet charity in high school and I was playing charity and it so you know it was, it was a huge deal at the age of 16 or 17 to kind of be playing the lead in this school musical and and it also was kind of this saucy show, 
right? right? You know, the song Hey Big Spender. Right. Like, that's from Sweet Charity. And, um, and there are taxi dancers, and it's all about, it's a love story, it's a love story. She's just looking for love. <laughs> um, but my mother, who came every night, filmed it, you know, was there to support. I um, found out, like, someone had called the school to complain about how dare you let, you know, children smoke on stage, drink on stage, talk about men, you know, like the, the, that the subject matter was inappropriate. And I was livid because I was so involved in the theater. And for me, I'm like, I'm playing a character. I'm not that person. I don't smoke. These aren't even real cigarettes, you know? <laughs> you know, I don't smoke and drink but, but, and, or but, date men. <laughs> but, but, but even if you're not aware of theater, or don't they know that... It's, it's a play. Yeah. It's a play. I mean, don't they know that right. like you're not like indoor like okay, no, you go like yeah. you know, fuck these lines. We want everybody to start drinking and smoking. Yeah. <sighs> but it was I think it made so I fe- I was came home so angry about this and my mother we were driving the car and I was telling her and she we're so Catholic. She's like, I have I have a confession. <laughs> I was like, Yes, and she called. It was her. And I was so mad. It was the only time in my life that I fought with my mother. And I didn't come home for three days. I was just livid. So upset. That she... That she would not see it the the way that I did. And not... That she couldn't understand that it wasn't influencing me, you know? To a point where she took that... That action, like I she did, she I, called, but and so I was upset because the next year we had to do Little Women and all these really <laughs> super tame shows. Oh, we had as to a do, result, of yeah, that. as a result oh. of that, we couldn't do anything that was challenging or kind of racy or had cuss words or you know we had to do good old fat. We did, I think we did like Oklahoma and, and Little Women or something, you know, um, but. Because of that show, I kind of started to get, <laughs> looking back, like, it really excited me, actually. I loved wearing the sparkly outfits and dancing and the fishnets and the makeup and the big hair. Like, I loved it. You hear so that, it actually you hear did, that? like, super influenced me. You know, and now I'm a burlesque dancer in New York City. So, there's, like, there is that, maybe. <laughs> Maybe she was right. Maybe she feared it. Maybe she kind of had a sense. How did? Uh, but okay. So what did you do in those three days? Uh, well, it was this fest. It was actually the state thespian festival. So I just, which was in downtown. So I just told her I was staying with a friend, and which I I did, and, and just didn't talk to her. Didn't call. I was I was, I was so disappointed, but I I of course can see now what she. But it was just scary because their daughter's growing up, right? And it's scary to see your child with fishnets and hoop earrings. <laughs> so do you, um, do you think uh, when you say that that influenced you? Do you, I mean how much? I mean I'm of the belief that if you, I mean if you look at different societies, that if you uh, if you push back too much, if you repress something too much, that it's gonna it's just going to bounce, bounce back twofold. You know, it's kind of like pushing down like a beach ball in water. Right. It's just going to like rock, skyrocket up. Um, like for instance, uh, 
like sexuality in Japan, mm -hmm. for instance, how um, it's a very monolithic society, but there's also that underground of perversion, mm -hmm. you know, to, to some degree. Not, I'm not trying to be judgmental, sure. because there's that. There, well, actually, in fashion, that's more quantifiable. Their their fashion is has a lot of uh, sexual connotation, mm -hmm. just very bizarre, because it's a pushback to that mm -hmm. to that repression. Um, do you think that the you know coming to New York and, mm -hmm. and, and your artistic choices is a result of, of maybe that one incident or just you know in general? Well, I think my I was very very sheltered. Um, you know, I wasn't allowed to watch. TV really I could watch uh, I, I mean I remember getting in trouble once for watching Seventh Heaven because <laughs> it was the episode Mary does drugs or something and and my mom's like turn off that trash and I'm like it's Seventh Heaven it's the word heaven is in the title like there <laughs> I don't know how much better a TV guy could be watching um, I wasn't allowed to you know watch on TV or listen to certain radio stations and and did they police your music um, I just, I mean, I, I listened to the oldies. I fell in love with the just old music in general, I think because I wasn't allowed to listen to the, the ones with the hip-hop. The hip okay. <laughs> so, like, you were, so when people in high school were talking about, like, uh, I don't know, Linkin Park or something, you're like, I, I've never been there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely have no idea wow. to this day A lot of, of a lot of music. But, um... I would learn, you know, I'd go over to my my friend's house, and that's where I could maybe watch a PG-13 movie, or I could, <laughs> or, you know, do that sort of thing, and that, I remember my next-door neighbor showing me Rocky Horror Picture Show, and my mind kind of exploding. I couldn't understand why it was so intriguing and wonderful, and, and just... I wanted to watch it again, <laughs> you know? I was like, men in corsets and makeup? Like, this is, I want to watch that again. <laughs> that was really exciting to me. And I would watch, you know, I'd watch Dirty Dancing over and over and over again. I think at my taste, I think I had, although I was such a good Catholic girl, you know, never kissed a boy till I was 17, you know, didn't... Same age you know. as Sweet Charity? Yeah, right mm. around there. After, I mean, after the fact, actually, I think. Um, it. It, was there. Like I loved cabaret, the musical cabaret. I loved Chicago, and you know every. I was really into. Broadway soundtracks, <laughs> and I like had them all. But the ones that I would really, really listen to were the ones with these saucy women. So I think it was just something I was attracted to. I loved old movies. Uh, you know, from the 40s and 50s, and I loved the the brazen women. I loved any kind of showgirl look. So it's been it's been an undercurrent for a really really long time, and now I'm in a city. I think the the day that I realized what burlesque was, I said, "Oh, I I have to do that." <laughs> it was it seems so clear to me that that's yeah, something I, uh, I could do. I mean, I am fascinated by. The culture of burlesque. I um, uh, they used to have uh, a, a few shows in uh, in Greenpoint mm -hmm. that uh, on a regular basis that I used to go to, um, and uh, it was it was bizarre to me in the sense that it's void of 
I mean, there's sexuality, but it's not... Uh, everybody's having fun. Yeah. And uh, the, the women were all shapes and sizes. Mm -hmm. I think I remember one where there was a, it was an animal theme night, and one was a bear, and one was a fox, and the performers having fun. Uh, I remember it was mostly women and gay men in my crowd, and mm -hmm. everybody was hooting and hollering mm -hmm. and having fun. Um, it was so empowering. Yeah. I mean, that's what I got from it. And it was so unique. Mm -hmm. uh, um, that's nice. what drew you to what drew you to it. Um, I think. I think, the for me, it's a combination of everything, my aesthetic, as uh, as of right now. So I love wearing vintage clothes. I love dancing in performance. I love. Live, I love live performance, you know, um, and I love old music. I love blues. I love costumes and sparkly things. <laughs> you just described Lumerachi. Like, yeah. Well, basically, yeah. Um, it feels like I can be my ultimate self. You know, just kind of you're your own director. You're your own. You pick your music, you make your costume, you create the number, and and then you get to go on stage and have four, five, seven minutes of time to do art, you know, to do what you want to do, what you want to bring that night. And it's so liberating. When you, um, when you reveal that you're a burlesque dancer, mm -hmm. what are... What's the typical reaction? I think when I first started, which was about six years ago now, um, it was more, oh, wow. It was, seemed really, really exciting. But now I feel like everyone, oh, I have a friend who's a burlesque dancer. Do you know so-and-so? <laughs> it's much more common. Right. Do you know Beautiful Bob? <laughs> yeah, it kind of, it's explode, it's been exploding for a while, and I caught that wave. I think just in time before it, I, I got into the scene before it really started expanding. And, um, and now there's shows, there's just shows everywhere. And it's fabulous. That means there's work, right? Right. But there are more, definitely more girls and boys now. There's a boy less. Yes. So absolutely. that's happening. I mean, the New York Boy Lesk Festival is this weekend. So people come from all over to to dance and that. So that's exciting, right? I mean, growth is is good. That means, you know, it's it's happening. So I, I guess from 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 six years ago to now, that you, there isn't that 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 blank blank expression on people's face yeah. of like, oh. In New you... York, no. Yeah. Okay. But outside of New York, absolutely. Like I am obviously become quickly kind of the crazy black sheep of the family but I think I'm educating them <laughs> I, I like to think about it as education because how do you how do you uh how do you unpack it in the sense yeah. of like how do you how do you neutralize people's uh, uh unawareness it's it's a challenge it hasn't there's definitely been some scenarios that have left me devastated where someone tr truly doesn't understand like a family friend, you know, didn't want me in their house. 
And that was so shocking. I felt like I had the scarlet letter on my chest or something because they looked at me like I was, you know, just absolute trash. And that was so hurtful. And all I could all I could do was be like, I'm I'm really sorry you feel that way. You you know, you've got it all wrong. Uh, but I'm really sorry that you feel that way. What did they, in their mind, what did they project onto you that they thought you were doing? I mean, I think they just... Well, they think of it as low as they think of as, a, like, a stripper, right? Which I... That's not my opinion of a stripper, but that is their opinion, right. is that it's a very low thing. And they really um, accused my father of of kind of, how did you let it come to this? You know, your daughter's up in New York. Like, maybe if you supported her or, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Like, they really blamed him, which was so hard because he's already... I'm honest with him about it, and... And we're, we're just getting to where we can... He'll ask me questions and we'll talk about it. And it really means so much. When he's like, so what kind of... Do you ever dance with a band? You know, like, if I get a question like that from my dad, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, right. I that do. Means he's, yeah. he's curious. Yeah, he's, he's you're in, yeah. And But there is, there is that thought of, well, I'm probably getting come on to all the time. Or it's... That it's this sexual thing and and I know obviously there is a, a, the tease and the clothes come off but for me it is storytelling and we we get undressed and dressed all day every day right you know probably at least twice a day we do as humans and and I find it fascinating to make entertainment out of out of that to make it interesting and and I, I don't know, I'm ho I hope that they can just, the people that are, that do look down upon it, can realize that I haven't changed as a human beca because of it, because I think that they, they question my, char my character, you know, and that's hard when anyone does mm. that for any reason. Um, it's because they're just, they don't know. They don't know what it is. They haven't been to a show. So all they can do is create this kind of negative image in their mind of what it must be like. When in fact it is, you know, 70% whip girls in the audience, like right. having a girl's night out, having a fun time. And the guys are usually there with their girlfriends and like it's a sexy date or something, you know? Yeah, the, uh... It's not a male, like, drooling audience at all no um well yeah before i get into that i i think you know just to i think a lot of times when people are afraid mm -hmm. the 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 protector of of that fear is is to lash back out to to put up this wall of of intolerance mm -hmm. and so that way you don't have to deal with it and it's sad and you know in 2015 it's it's just silly you know when we have these certain these certain views of certain things. Mm -hmm. um, I, uh, you know, I ran it. I, I was speaking to a, an actor here in New York. You remember, like a few, I think it was like a month ago, that whole situation in, in Indiana about that legislator said, "Hey, you know, small business owners, if you want to discriminate against gay people, like we're okay with that." So, an, an actor in New mm -hmm. York City was saying, like, you know, I, I, I don't have any problem with that. 
Now, he he was sharing his views with me, right. so I can't fault him with that. But he was saying, like, look, I, you know, it clearly says, in the, you know, so he was quoting the Bible to me sure. and stuff, stuff like mm-hmm. that. I just, it, I guess it was eye-opening for me. That now he's not. That doesn't make him like a bad person or an evil person. That's his opinion, which um, I don't think I'm being offensive to say it's, he's he's uninformed, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, especially living in New York and especially yeah. being a, being an actor. But uh, it it you know we we're just complex people. We have different opinions, mm-hmm. you know, and I think we owe it to ourselves to just kind of to let go of certain certain things and kind of step out and just learn about other people mm-hmm. because you learn about yourself and I think it's kind of sad when people don't it's silly it's heartbreaking isn't it I feel so much for them and I feel so sad that they just can't can't see it that they're either they're just scared or have been taught something it's just ingrained in them you know, my family, deaf my extended family, oh my gosh, they're a challenge. Is, is Catholicism way. still a, a, a big um, theme from your family? Yeah, huge. I mean, it's, um, yeah, like grandparents, grandparents, aunt, uncles, all that stuff is really, really big. Like to get married to someone that's not Catholic would be crazy. So you mentioned <laughs> you know? before that you're, 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 Brother has a girlfriend. For yeah, and he's years. living in sin. Okay, that, 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 that question, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's living in sin, which I love, um, and and uh, I love that my dad is okay with it. He is okay, and I think it was scary. At, I think it was like a scary thing at first, but he's learned so much through us. We're definitely like the radical family of. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we've got him living... Also, we're the only family where everyone just... I go to New York, he goes to Portland, my sister is in Jacksonville, like... And and it's really exciting. Like, she married a beautiful Venezuelan man. That was like... <gasps> well, is know. he Catholic? Um, they, I think he had to... Either he... Yeah, they totally got he married converted. in the church. Yeah. So either he was or they he went through the process. Totally. Because she is probably, my sister is probably the most devout still. And, um, and I know it means, I think, but I think it's a lot of fear. I think she, with the, there's so much guilt in that. What's your, uh, what's your perception now and, uh, about religion in general, about Catholicism? Yeah. I mean, my experience of it I mean it was great growing up to have you know growing up and going to church to like meet friends I had some friends we had like CCD which is like extracurricular church stuff which was great youth group you know that sort of thing was great as a kid um I loved the big Sunday breakfast afterwards (laughs) I I definitely felt always like guilty if I didn't when I went to college and was off on my own I felt extreme guilt if I didn't go every Sunday but I met 
my first boyfriend. Dun, <laughs> yeah. dun, dun. I met him at church. <laughs> um, we held hands during the Our Father, and I was like, uh, and I started to. He was a triple major, and one of them was religion, and so he was reading all about. You know, he was starting to kind of fall out. How? Wait, what, what age was this? This was eight, nineteen. So if I'm if I'm like watching the Lifetime movie, it's like yeah. after the after the actress portrays you in the Sweet Charity, and then it's like dun dun dun, and then it becomes like this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Then she falls out of the church, and um, I just started to have. I mean, I always had a lot of questions growing up, because I, I had gay friends in high school, and I, you know, remember going home and being like, Mom, I just want to understand how they're going to hell like I can't I can't understand that they're good people and she was like well you can just pray for them honey you know that's how it is <laughs> so I pray oh, um please don't let them go to hell <laughs> um but I always had lots of questions like what about the dinosaurs right. <laughs> I always had that question I don't understand where in the bible like what, what where are the dinosaurs because they totally existed right and things like that and when I got to be in college, I slowly kind of stopped going and and have been recovering, I think, ever since. But now I'm coming back to a sense of spirituality, I think, through mindful through mindfulness, really. Just like hope and love. And it not coming from some organized thing, but just living to your potential, you know, and and having compassion you know, for for people. And um, I'm still grow. I'm still learning so much every day. It was exciting, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, I um, I mean, I, ma- I imagine you probably must get that a lot, and especially living in New York, of so the you know raised eyebrows. Of like, oh, you're a Catholic, because now I just feel like, like nowadays it's just uh, with the with the shift of, of mindset of, of people living in, in major cities. Right. It's um, people are getting more progressive. There's more yeah. education, um, and there's. I mean, I'm of the belief that people should be able to do what they want and yeah. and believe what they want. Yeah whatever makes them happy and it doesn't hurt her harm anybody else right um but i do feel like there is this sense of uh especially in new york of this sense of uh religion has become secondary for mm-hmm. for a lot of people for for whatever reasons yeah it's true i think i think that the churches like the kids this like young generation growing up i think that the the numbers the churches I feel like are really going to drop just because the, there's so much they're just more aware I think there is more awareness even in the like the smaller cities even too right yeah I mean like nowadays you're like we're like kids in different countries are dressing we're all dressing similar we're mm-hmm. all listening to the same type of music um, I think technology is really making our world smaller. Mm-hmm. And when you see how people are perceived to be different, aren't that different from you, Yeah. you realize that, hey, you know, we're all pretty much the same. Yeah. So uh, I think you kind of 
most smart kids will rebel against things that just doesn't feel right to them or mm-hmm. kind of preaches something that they can sniff out and say, eh, I don't right. know if that's really true. Right. Totally. Oh, getting back to, uh, sorry, it took me so long, but getting back to uh, the vibe of burlesque, mm-hmm. I can honestly say for listeners that have never been to burlesque, a burlesque show or not really familiar with it, um, it is, it is, it is bizarre. It is unique in the sense that I think the, the apprehension would be that, uh, it would be like a, a, like a script club where it would be, you know, potentially seedy or, you know, guys gawking. It's actually the <laughs> polar opposite. Yeah. Um, anybody who is going to go to a burlesque show and objectify women or kind of judge, I think you're going to be the outsider because mm-hmm. it's just every, every venue, whether it's a, a comedy show or a theater play or concert or whatever, mm-hmm. it, it, the, the vibe of the room is going to predicate your own, your own, uh, how you feel about mm-hmm. the event and yourself. Right. And every burlesque show that I've been to is, yeah, everybody's just having fun. Yeah, and the audience, the first thing they're told is, you've got to hoot, you've got to <laughs> holler, you've got to you know, fill the room with your applause. You know, it is a joyous, super joyous commun- communal thing. Everyone's just, ah, yes, ooh. <laughs> It's so fun. And you do you mix it up? Do you have certain routines, or do you? Mm-hmm. Um, and you have certain. Do you have like a, a? Now, how is that? Is it? Um, do you rotate it, or is it based on what the what the the night is that you're going on? Yeah, totally. It is. I I have a certain a certain numbers that I've made up over the years, and depending on the venue. If it's if it's a theater and there's a closing curtain, maybe I'll do this one number that has a little setup before, you know, something like that. If it's a floor show, then I'll do something without any props or just a nice costume and and more of just improv dance. And there's I probably have six numbers that I do. And then there'll be little one-offs or the the shows where you do improvise with the band or something. But I probably have six numbers. And and I just choose what I feel like that night. If I want to carry a suitcase or a purse. Because <laughs> it's snowing. Okay, I'm going to do the ones that I have in no purse. Have you performed outside of New York? Mm-hmm. What's that like? Yeah. Amazing. That's the wonderful thing about burlesque because there's a huge community. I'm actually flying to Vegas in three weeks to perform at the Burlesque Hall of Fame, which cool. is kind of the bit that's our biggest, as a community, our biggest event, like the Oscars of burlesque kind of thing. <laughs> you know, everyone comes and it's the best of kind of perform. So it's a huge honor to get to go, get to go and perform. But um, I've performed out in London and I'm actually going to be going to Berlin uh, in September. And yeah, I've done all the you know touring in the states as well. So same reaction, same atmosphere. Even more, more so because people in New York, they see it all the time. It's nothing new. They'll be having conversations. They're like doing their own thing sometimes <laughs> at the show. Where when you go perform in Baltimore or Philly or 
Grand Rapids, Michigan, you know, they're they starving. are so hungry yeah. for good, good entertainment and they go bananas. They go absolutely bananas. I did this one show and I felt like I was the, we were the Rolling Stones, <laughs> you know, like it was a sold out, huge, like huge venue and they were on their feet just stomping, you know, while we were entering and it was just crazy that you, they're here for the the burlescapades christmas show you know <laughs> they're, yeah. and they just went bananas so fun what are some uh what are some misconceptions that we have i, I mean i think we, we i think we got through most of them in terms of in terms of the performance but i think there's also maybe this idea of this layman idea of like you just you just go up there and just kind of like you know we have this exotic costume and you're peeling it away I mean mm-hmm. obviously there must be an extensive amount of work and not only work but research you probably do yeah work research thought r- rehearsal there's I don't think maybe the average audience member doesn't realize how how much effort goes into it because I like the act I'm just I'm still working I was sewed for eight hours yesterday trying to make this part of this costume I've been, I've had the costume for over two years <laughs> you know and I'm just starting to perform it because the act in my opinion wasn't I hadn't fully thought of it, it like the pieces hadn't come together I had the song I had the costume I like needed I but I didn't I wasn't ready to fully tackle it and then that moment of impulse kind of strikes and I'm going to do it and then it now it's up on its feet and I'm doing it and it feels so good but I've had it for over two years like the pieces mm. and I don't think that someone would think that this thing they're watching took two years to like create <laughs> you know this like four minute thing <laughs> where I'm just like <laughs> but it did it totally did because I mean I love to tell a story I love to set a, a tone and I don't want I don't want to I've done plenty of things badly up on the stage but but it's really exciting when you can craft something and do it well and that takes time and a lot of energy and, and effort when you say badly you mean like like mistakes or? well just I mean I like to think that I can pull off most anything <laughs> you know just to give me but there's those one off shows like well, will you come and perform an Elton John song? I'm like, sure. And then the day of, I'm, ah, oh my God, what am I going to do? Okay, they, okay, is okay. That, but that's unusual, right? They would pick the song for you? No, that's, they'll have a themed show. Oh, right, okay. Right. And there's lots of themed shows from Games of Thrones. I don't know, even is that what you call that show? Game, I, <laughs> Games of Thrones? One game. Game, game, game of Thrones. Thrones. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Something was wrong about that. Obviously, I'm not. We need to brush up on your I pop know. culture. Oh. <laughs> um, but you know they'll have that, and then the, or they'll have Dis- zombies. Disney zombies, uh, Beyonce. You know, I'm doing a divas show in two weeks, where I have to come up with some act. I, I haven't quite decided. So you know, it's like those things. It's. But do you get to pick the. I totally get to pick. Okay. So I was watching Cat on a Hot Tin Roof yesterday. I'm thinking, uh, okay, I'm gonna do Elizabeth Taylor. I'm gonna, I'm looking at her costume. Like, what do I have that could work? You know, I'm already. And this is me cutting it close. I only have two weeks to to come up with it. But, 
but that's the I'm doing research right now I'm watching I just watched Cleopatra I'm like what you know if I'm going to do her which, which do I want to do right. that sort of thing so yeah uh, as for fail, like utter fails <laughs> I don't think I don't think I've totally fallen dead on my face but there's um there's moments where you get off stage and you're like oh my god did I really just do that tonight <laughs> to this audience and they loved it but inside your head you're going oh my god I, I was in one show where the uh the garment fell before the performer could t- take it off mm-hmm. but she didn't like, she just went with just it just go with it yeah and then the, audi- the audience knew and it, we got a you know it was a big yeah. chuckle but she owned it so it was fine it'd be one thing if she was like oh my god and then we probably would have been embarrassed for her but she was a pro I mean yeah. it just it just fell off I thought it was pretty funny of course or things get stuck and you can't get them off I mean that's the right. that, which you go just do the rest of your number like <laughs> fully I walked off stage fully clothed because yeah. the song ended and I couldn't get it off and I'm just like bye <laughs> the biggest tease of all you know <laughs> but yeah how's the community I would imagine it's a pretty it's a it's a tight-knit community yeah. for better or worse I think so we all know each other we all um, and what's great is we, we only know each other by burlesque names oh. too. so so I don't someone will be like oh my friend Jennifer does you know does burlesque. I'm like I don't know don't know any Jennifers are you talking of uh, boo boo Fifi Trixie right. you know <laughs> Like that, those are the names I know. Um, but. No, it's, um, and, and, and uh, correct me, uh, Burles also promotes a lot of transgender performers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's, is, that, is that just. Uh, it, so when you're performing, is that very common that they would also perform with, with ladies? And, yeah, well, the the best shows, I think, are the ones that have variety, right? So you've got, you've got a super feminine showgirl. You've got a, a, an aerialist, a male aerialist, or, or a boylesker. You've got, you know, like a, a huge spectrum of, of all types, right? So the girl I'm dating, she uh, performs as you know, as a man. So that's it. There's that. <laughs> like a, I guess I don't. It's like not drag king, but as that like in between, as the in between. So so she's not performing as a man. She's performing as, or they are performing. Yes. Oh, she meaning she. Uh, swaps identities on as part of her act. Well, just kind of dressed as a boy. Okay, I see. And like the reveal is more of like a male reveal. Oh. Uh. You know. But then there's all this. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there was a pointing of the bosom in case people were just, just listening. So that's exciting, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I love innovation. I love mm-hmm. the idea that. Uh, you can, um, uh, you can, jarring to the audience, but in a way that they're along with the ride, as mm-hmm. opposed to just sticking it in their face. Because yeah. that's, I feel like, that's counterintuitive of the right. whole experience. Well, it's so exciting to watch them perform, and 
watch the girls like drool and the guys not quite understand why they're so attracted to it too <laughs> you know it's like for everyone all around it is now you're a you're a singer as well um no just in musicals well yes I've <laughs> but <laughs> I would love to be able to uh, continue that path but I quickly realized when I got to college that oh there's people that can really sing Really, really thing. So I kind of started going doing straight acting once I got to... Straight acting? Yeah, straight that's acting. funny. You know, yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, I'm going to leave the leave the tunes. But I love dance and I love, the, I love musical theater, but I just don't have that training. Because the people that do it have been training for so long. Yeah. Dance, voice, you know, theater all, all around. And so burlesque is kind of an outlet for me to be able to get that feel of dance, you know, dance, acting and dance, but not have to hurt the audience's ears. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can character sing, but, you know, not, not the total gift, so. What about you? Are you, a, do you sing? No, well, it's funny, I, uh, I did a, I did a show once where my my character sings pretty pretty badly. Oh, perfect. And everybody afterwards were like, oh, you're so convincing. <laughs> I never told anybody. I was like, I was actually singing. You were actually trying really hard. Yeah, I was trying. Because, like, if I felt like... I felt like if I was trying to sing badly on purpose, then yeah. it would be kind of cartoony. Yeah. So I actually just, you know... Because my character felt like he could... My character didn't know that he was a bad singer. Right. He just was a bad singer. Yeah. So I just said, well... Maybe I'll, I'll like I could delightfully surprise somebody. Like my, the ego in me was like, you know what? I'll surprise somebody, even though like the character is supposed to be a bad singer. But they'll probably see like, oh, he wasn't so bad. <laughs> People were like, oh, you were so convincing as a bad singer. Oh my God. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. Yeah. So like yeah. the the actor in me was like the ego was like skyrocketing, but my own ego was like, oh. that's hilarious. I know. I got asked to do someone. I had then heard that I was a singer and they contacted me for this gig down in Atlanta. They're like, we're looking for like a, like a Sean Toose, you know, someone to like kind of sing and open this little show, uh, in, at this big music festival. And I was like, oh, I was like, yeah. Um, they're like, it pays this much money. I was like, oh yeah, I totally sing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're going to fly me down to Atlanta, put me up in a really nice hotel and pay me lots of money. I sing. Totally. Oh yeah, I, mean, I think every actor has done that for any kind of gig. Oh where you've my kind God. of fudged your talents. It's I did. A, I did really a commercial once it. where uh, I auditioned to shoot a bow and arrow, and I, 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 I did it for the audition. And then when I got cast, they so in the after the callback, they said so my agent said, "Hey, they want to know if you can like work a lasso." Like a cowboy. <laughs> that's, that takes loads of training. I was like, of course. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So then they said, like, I got it. I was like, yay. I went, oh my God. Like, oh no. Yeah. So then I was in my apartment trying to like last. Did you actually get, get it going? Yeah. And then when I got on set, like I, uh, so I put in a lot of work. Behind, yeah. It's so a long story short. I actually just by the miracle, I was, I was able to, they were, they were, it, my difficulties, the everybody on set were like blaming the equipment. They were saying like, "Oh, this rope sucks." I'm like, yeah, give me a good fucking rope. Come on, I'm a professional here. Oh my god! 
because they couldn't. They wanted like a a, a, a specific rope, and they, it wasn't shipped to them on set yeah. on time. So oh, I had to do perfect. with like this makeshift thing. Yeah, I'm like, come on, give me a fucking rope. I mean, like, I mean, I can lasso, but I can't lasso with this garbage. Oh my god, that was ridiculous. I was like, I can't believe I came with them doing this. But isn't that? I love that though. It's like the fake it till you make it kind of thing. It's like, yeah, I can do that. And then you, then you actually really practice. And like, I started taking voice lessons immediately, yeah. <laughs> you know, like working on the songs. Well, that's the thing. I mean, that's, that's kind of uh, human intuition too, yeah. right? I mean, we, we really don't, we really don't tend to, we tend to put things off mm-hmm. and until we have to do it. Uh, well, maybe these yeah. aren't the greatest example because we, I mean, who's going to, I'm not going to learn to lasso. I mean, I don't really care. But I, I think just in general, whether it's our health or, or whatever. I mean, we kind of, it, it, unless it becomes real, okay, then, you know, now I really have to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like health is a big one, you know, yeah. when people have to sure, curb their diet or change mm-hmm. their habits and things like that. Um, they, no motivation is better than reality mm-hmm. in the sense of like, okay, well, look, you, you really have to do it. Right. Um, like I have a, a friend that, He's tried quitting smoking for so long, and he just then he's changed. He switched to the e-cigarettes, and he's right. done vapor, and he just he just doesn't want to. He's like, I tried, but I, you know, I I, I can't do it. I I've never had this conversation with him because I you know it's his life, but I've always thought like, well, you you just don't have the motivation to do right. it. I mean, you yeah. you know you you've considered you've you've gone the other way and mm-hmm. gone these other routes, but. You know, and everybody, we're all, in, we're all different people. We all have to find our own motivators yeah. to do things. But nothing is the bigger motivator than, than reality. Yeah. Whether, especially, like, <laughs> booking a job or something. Yeah, absolutely. So how, is, um, uh, how has living in New York uh, influenced you as an artist? Well, I think that's the whole, the whole reason I live in New York or chose to move here was to be overexposed to as much art as possible. And now you're literally Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's that I want... I know a lot of actors and a lot of um, performers in this city that don't take advantage of how much is going on, how much there is to see and do. I find that too. Why, why, why is that? I don't know. I, if I don't go to see a show a week, and let alone I'm doing four or five myself, but on my night off, I go to the theater because I need to be inspired, right? I need to see other people working and seeing other people making magic happen for me. But I know I know a lot of people, they're just, ah, oh, there's nothing good out there. Like, I don't care. Like, but it just seems so... Not, I don't think I could live in this city unless I like my love of art and culture is the reason that I'm here because I really like the beach and I really like trees <laughs> and, you know if I could be on an island somewhere and see as much theater I would be there <laughs> wouldn't that be nice <laughs> yeah uh, it was a, so I, I posed this question to, to somebody recently and he said uh well, you know, I don't go to shows anymore because it's just, you know, I, I'm just so busy with my life. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just, 
I'm just kind of drained and I, I really need to focus on me. Mm-hmm. And I hear that I hear that quite a bit. Um, yeah. Uh, just the the drain of living, just being a working artist and the drain of that sure. can can distract people from really enjoying and taking advantage of, of living here. Yeah. But I guess it's how you look at it. Because for me, I always call going to the theater like, that's my church. I'm, in ch- I'm going to church. You know, that's my church. <laughs> that is the place. Take that, mom. <laughs> yeah. That's the place where I can go and just breathe and be calm and just open up to losing yourself in a totally different surrounding and and story and there's nothing that's there's no work about that you know or it doesn't take it just would propel the time that I do have to myself to get my work done and focus on me is aided by by those moments that I take to go to the ballet or the opera or something you know yeah, I guess, yeah, like you said, I think it has to do with, like, your your headspace in terms of, I mean, yeah. if you see, uh, if you just see so many obstacles in front of you, then that's, then that's all you'll see, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, there's that old saying, if all you have is a hammer, then everything looks like a nail. <laughs> so, if, if your outlook is just like, oh, you know, I just have all these bills, then your existence is just paying bills, mm-hmm. and then, and then you just kind of rotate into whatever it is you're doing and then you do get kind of I would have you know yeah I would imagine you do get kind of jaded and get kind of angry yeah it does feel like the people the people that I can reference that are like this are all people that are a little maybe small upset no no jaded like (laughs) I feel like (laughs) they're all a little small um maybe upset that their career that their their career isn't going the way that they want or that you know they it, it seems to reflect that what do you do times. what do you do with that type of negativity well to be honest I try not to s- surround myself by those people as, as often I'm the older I get the more I am more careful with who I spend my time with sure yeah, me know? too and if someone, I'm such a positive person. I'm definitely all. I'm the glasses so full in my, in my, in my opinion that um, it's really difficult, and I'll I'll leave a conversation feeling very drained. Right. If I'm with someone that's cutting down, cutting down, cutting down, and I'm like, oh, well, this, you know, trying to fluff up, fluff up, fluff up, <laughs> and and um. It's hard to listen to those. I think I haven't listened to those feelings for a long time, and I'm, I'm just getting there. To kind of owe it to myself to maybe not put myself in those situations, which is sad because I can really care about someone and love someone, but that energy is hard. Yeah, let's just tar and feather them and <laughs> handcuff them and make them go to a burlesque show. <laughs> Come on, lighten up. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, how do you feel about, uh, how you, have you been in Brooklyn all this time? Or? Um, 
I no, I lived in Astoria for a couple of years when I first moved here. By the way, listeners, an exciting note: we're we're we are neighbors. Anyways. We're neighbors. <laughs> I know we really are. I walked here and scorch us out. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, I lived in Queens for three years, and it was a lovely neighborhood, very safe, but I was bored to pieces. It's very residential, right? Very like... residential, lots of families, and I was off the. The, what are you doing? The, this You're is the train. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing the trains with my hand. Like, if you live off of the NQ by right. the park, there's that Astoria, but I was more okay. out Woodside almost, right. and which is great. It was beautiful. It was great, but I love living in Brooklyn. I'm a big Brooklyn gal now. I feel like I've been here six years wow. in this apartment, so... That's, I, I definitely, I've always, I work in the neighborhood, like in a cafe, too, so it feels... Do, like do you it. want to say which one, or? No. Okay, there you go. You can tell me later. <laughs> anyway, come visit, come visit. No, perverts, you have to just watch. No. You just have to go and see the burlesque, that's it. You can't, you can't get your coffee. You get your coffee somewhere else. Um, yeah, I, I feel like, uh, you know, whatever I used to... I lived in Manhattan before, and I used to always mm-hmm. um, feel like people who lived in Brooklyn were kind of snobbish because, you know, people who lived in Brooklyn never really wanted to leave. Mm-hmm. And then, voila! Yeah. I, no, I, never, I don't ever want to leave. Like, ah. It's so true, isn't it? I only go in the city to see a show or do a show or run an errand that I have. Or it's a unique thing, especially around your area um, on the weekends, how it becomes like Soho. Oh, it's crazy. You just see everybody with like their shopping bags, and yeah. then now it's all they're gonna put up that uh, Apple Store and the uh, Whole Foods, and it's like, well, I just won't go around that area. You know, I know but that's right where I live. <laughs> <laughs> it's already changed so much. I would say the last year has been the most, the biggest change of just people. I feel like I live in Europe actually. Yeah. I feel like I live in a European city because everyone. There's just people from all over, which is amazing because I love. <laughs> it's like I'm traveling when I'm not. <laughs> um, but I'm, you know, go to the cafe, sit and have coffee somewhere, and and not one table around me is American, and it's pretty incredible to be in that kind of hot spot. I mean, it is a hot ticket right now. You can also tell by the way their people are dressed oh, if they live here. Yeah. If they're just pretty nice, they don't live <laughs> around here. If they're dressed kind of like. Uh, 80s bums. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. I know probably where you live. Yeah, the, there's definitely a, a nice... Uh, the fashion... Yeah. The high fashion around is, is new. <laughs> They're all super well-dressed. <laughs> the suits, I'm like, where'd you come from? Like, do you see people in suits now? now? What's your take on this? The I think it's like a Williamsburg thing. A guy will be wearing a nice suit, mm-hmm. and then he'll cut the pants. He'll, cut, he'll, he'll look like... High, it, it, no, I don't know if he tailors them. them. It looks like he basically has high waters, and he's not wearing socks. Okay, the, well... That drives so me, like, that drives me Is it like a batty. skinny suit? Is yeah. it like a cute... Oh, see, I kind of like that. But not the no sock thing. I think you got to wear socks, and they yeah. got to be cute. you got to wear socks. <laughs> I just feel like... Yeah, exactly. Speaking of socks, I, earlier this morning, before I changed my argyle, I had peanut butter and jelly socks on. Just like that. What do you mean? Oh, like your uh, shirt. She, she's pointing at my yeah, I have a PB and J shirt. So you have <laughs> so the we matching actually, socks. Yeah, except for mine is on bread. It's on like toast. 
So on each sock, or like two. the bread is on one sock and like, <laughs> no. and do you have to like unify them like Voltron? What's pop culture? Do you know what Voltron is? Wait, no. Uh, it's an '80s reference, oh. like they were the, uh, on TV. So there was this cartoon where these robots were like separate line robots, and they would form one giant robot. It's oh, okay, wait. So I that's think. like whatever. that's different than Transformers. Transformers were different. Transformers oh. were like robot robots in disguise. No, robots were like some were. The good guys were like automobiles, and the bad guys were like aircraft. Oh. And but they were also in the eighties. Yeah. Um, so whatever said, like, just point of reference for you in case somebody ever says like, "Oh, we could do it like Voltron." Basically, it means we're coming together. Okay. Because the lines would come Thanks. together into a big, <laughs> <laughs> into a big robot. Next and, time and, someone and says we're that. Together. <laughs> Or maybe you can use it. Like, we could do this like Voltron and see how, see how it goes with your fellow yeah. dancers. <laughs> Some of them, I know, would get it. <laughs> or, or just, like, show them your side. Um, before we run out of time, mm-hmm. uh, a question that I always uh, ask um, my, my guests is, uh, what is happiness to you? Hmm. I think for me... Hmm. There's there's a lot I could go on for days. <laughs> uh, for me, right now, I'm finding so much happiness in being in my home, uh, reading, watering my plants, cooking a nice meal. Like I've I've always been out and about and doing living the life, and there's been a, a shift for me this year into more nurturing and taking time to kind of breathe and have space and have share quality time with people as opposed to quantity you know just like yeah I'll hang out yes yeah 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 we'll do this and instead having maybe that one friend over and having incredible conversation and a nice night and just I think simplifying life for me is bringing me a load of happiness right now. But I think just going through the days with an open open mind and heart and and being observant brings me a lot of happiness. What about you? <laughs> Nobody ever asked me. <laughs> uh, I don't know, yeah. I mean, it, um, happiness is always changing for yeah. me because what you know how I define myself is different than five, 10 years ago right as recent as five, five or three years ago I'd say maybe even as recent as last year mm-hmm. I'm just uh, I'm evolving and, cha- and hopefully evolving I'm definitely changing yeah. um, and hopefully this doesn't this never stops right. uh, yeah you know um, I used to go out a lot, mm-hmm. and I used to um, be really aggressive in terms of my career. Mm-hmm. And now I am more thoughtful about mm-hmm. my career, and I'm more thoughtful about my happiness. Mm-hmm. I guess what brings me happiness is uh, because we live, we're surrounded by so much concrete. Anytime I can get out and yeah. go for a hike and go to like Bear Mountain or something, sure. I get so much joy from that. And you know, to go out there to make it worthwhile, you have to get up pretty early. You know, for me, I have to, you know, get up at like six and then take a bus mm-hmm. out there or whatever. But um, it's worth it. You forget about any kind of hassle to get out there yeah. and you just 
you're just there and uh, just different smells different uh, just a different energy yeah and uh, yeah and like uh, I mean very similar to what you said the uh, happiness is finding it within myself mm-hmm. whether it's me if whether it's walking down the street or um, you know meeting a friend at a cafe uh, or or uh, reading a good script or mm-hmm. a play that I can jar it because one thing that I've learned from from those from, from as recent as five years or, or whatever is that my friends my family my lovers I'm they're not responsible for my happiness. They can't make me happy. Mm-hmm. And I, in turn, can't make them happy. I mean, I, I really, I'm not responsible for that. We're not responsible for each other. We can only, we can only make ourselves happy. And if we make ourselves happy, then in turn, I feel like we can make other people happy. I think the mistake that I've made is I've ignored myself mm-hmm. and made other people happy. Mm-hmm. And as a result, that, that buildup is just... Sure. And it just it just comes crashing down, and yeah. I didn't know how to deal with it. So I would just kind of pour it out to helping other people or dedicating it to my career, yeah. and I was it was kind of empty. And now I, I try to find that balance. Yeah. Um, I'm not perfect, but you know I, I try to find that balance, mm-hmm. and I do try to be happy. And that's my my the difference for me, I think from from in terms of career and everything is. If you're not finding happiness in what you're doing, then what's then then change it, mm-hmm. you know. And and we we go through life, and not everything is going to be happy, whether it's you know if you happen to take the subway on rush hour yeah. or whatever, <laughs> that's fine. That's but but you can find, but but it goes away. It's temporary, right? And just know it's all it's your mindset. Mm-hmm. It's just breathing through those moments. Yeah, and learning. Yeah, and um and uh, taking the long way home sometimes and mm-hmm. just thinking and, and being uh, you know somebody once told me that uh, you know nothing lasts forever and I always thought that it was such a negative outlook on life but here I am now I see that as a positive thing mm-hmm. and so because to me that's beautiful mm-hmm. that all of everything we love everybody we love everything that things that we don't like to do all those moments, they pass. Mm-hmm. And that's, that can be sad, but it can also be beautiful in the sense that we just need to understand that everything builds on everything else. I don't know. Yeah, so that's... Uh, nobody's ever asked me that. It's, it, it's weird. Yeah. Um, and Bob, Bob makes me happy. Oh, look at Bob. Thank you for coming on. Oh, that was so um, lovely. Any information that you uh, want to share in terms of how people can, uh, any events that you want to um, a plug or anything like that? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm always dancing at like the slipper room that is in NYC on Orchard in Stanton. I'm there this Saturday. <laughs> uh, but I'm there often. That's a great place. I love to send people there. And the, what's the, the name on the bill? Or the, the slipper room. No, no. You're... Oh, my name. Tansy. So it would just be that, like they'll announce you as that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Indeed. All right. Yeah. Well, glittering and like lightning bolts and things <laughs> like that. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and listeners, 
Uh, enjoy your day, Bodhisattva, and go out and do good in the world. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Curious World Podcast Definitive Conversation with Tansy Tandora. You can follow her on Twitter at Tansy Burlesque. I'm assuming you know how to spell burlesque. But if you don't, that's okay. You can Google it and, or, you know, word search it or whatever. Her website is tansyburlesque.com. You can check out her upcoming performances, tour dates, and all that good stuff. Thanks for listening, everybody. Mm-hmm.